Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristen.cnd at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Clippings Podcast, where we review nail papers and share them with you. I'm April Schachtel, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Catherine Stiff. Hello, April, and hello, listeners. I hope everyone had a happy holidays. Yes. (laughs) I'll be sharing with you an article today titled Nail Unit Dermoscopy slash Onychoscopy in the Differential Diagnosis of Erythroderma. It was published as a letter to the editor in the Journal of European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology in 2023, and the authors are Magdalena Zikowska and Linda Tonietti from Poland and Italy, respectively. Erythroderma is the presence of an inflammatory rash covering more than 90% of the body surface area, and the differential for the underlying cause includes atopic dermatitis, psoriasis, pityriasis rubropilaris and CTCL, among other things. But sometimes it's hard to figure out what the underlying diagnosis is that's causing the erythroderma. So these authors set out to see if clues could be found from onychoscopy of the nail unit. There have been no previous papers published on this topic. They carried out a prospective observational study in southeastern Poland from March of 21 to August of 22, They recruited patients who had erythroderma with a known causative diagnosis and were able to include 34 patients. They published a table describing the onychoscopy findings and divided that up by what was the underlying diagnosis. The key takeaways were that the oil drop sign or salmon patch were only seen in psoriasis. Longitudinal ridging or onychorexis was significantly more likely to be seen in CTCL than in other diagnoses. Red spots on the lunula and onychomedesis were more likely to be seen in CTCL or PRP than in psoriasis or atopic dermatitis. And finally, dotted vessels on the nail folds were more common in psoriasis than the other diagnoses. The authors also noticed a high frequency of splinter hemorrhages and subungual hyperkeratosis. They found dilated nail bed capillaries in 50% of patients with erythrodermic psoriasis but they also commonly found them in other erythrodermas. In patients who have who had atopic dermatitis, there was a high incidence of dilated nail bed capillaries and splinter hemorrhages, and the authors proposed that that might be due to the intense itching and constant scratching that patients have. Also, regarding the high rate of the longitudinal ridging seen in the CTCL patients, they noticed that the CTCL patients were significantly older than the patients with other diagnoses. So there may be some contribution from either advanced age or rather than from the CTCL itself. This was a small study. They only had four patients with PRP, but they did note that a prior analysis of 24 cases of patients with PRP showed that the nail findings included distal yellow-brown discoloration, subungual hyperkeratosis, nail thickening, and splinter hemorrhages, And similar findings were seen in the four patients here, in addition to a mix of other nail changes. So the key takeaways are that if you have a patient with erythroderma and it's unclear what the underlying diagnosis is, 
then it may be helpful to take a look at their nails with your dermatoscope. If you see oil drop spots, then you should be strongly suspicious of psoriasis. If you see red spots on the lunula or onychomedesis, think about CTCL or PRP. And if you have longitudinal ridging, then think most about CTCL, but it also might just be that your patient is old. All right. That was a great review. I will definitely reference that in my next erythrodermic patient. Well, thank you. All right, Catherine, tell us what you read about. Okay. This month, I will discuss two articles on cross-polarized photography. The first is titled Cross-Polarized Photography of the Nail Unit, a Practical Way to Eliminate Specular Reflections on the Nail Plate by Fatih Gokte and Ozan Erdem, apologize for pronunciation as always, published online in Skin Appendage Disorders, June 2023. As we know, photography of the nail unit can be challenging due to reflection, creating shiny images. The glare is eliminated by photographing in contact polarized mode. So these authors decided to try the same thing with nail photography. A polarized microscope utilizes one polarizer in front of the light source and one in front of the magnifier lens that are rotated 90 degrees from each other. The authors constructed a cross-polarized filter for their DSLR camera by using linear polarizing filter easily found in sheets available for purchase. And they describe the methods they use to set up the cross-polarized photography in their article and have beautiful photos taken with the filter that do not have any glare. So the use of two polarizing filters, one in front of the light source and the other in front of the detector, rotated at 90 degrees to each other, blocks all light waves directly reflected from the surface that cause the glare. And the second article titled, How We Do It, Interoperative Cross-Polarized Photography as an Alternative to Interoperative Dermoscopy During Nail Surgery by the authors of the first paper, Ozan Erdem and Fatih Gokte, in addition to Goldahan Atis Vefa Ash Erdemir. Interoperative dermoscopy can help to evaluate lesions originating from the nail matrix after nail avulsion and is typically performed using a polarized dermatoscope. As any of us who have attempted to take photographs from our phone through the dermatoscope without an attachment are well aware, it requires great hand-eye coordination. I am, always have a tough time with that. Um, and so in this article, the authors again describe the method they use to create this polarizing filter for their DSLR camera. The intra and the intraoperative photos look fantastic. So cross-polarized photography allows for similar image quality as polarized non-contact dermoscopy, but allows for imaging multiple nail units together in a single frame and can be taken from a greater distance, which helps to prevent the potential of compromising sterilization during nail procedures. I personally don't utilize a, a DSLR camera in my practice, but um, for anyone who does have a, a, an actual camera, this is a, a great tool and alternative to polarized dermoscopy in nail photography. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, in our practice, we do use a DSLR just for our nail photography. Oh. And, and we mostly use the iPod device cameras for everything else. So this actually might be super helpful for us. We do occasionally yeah, have you should try it. There. Yeah, we should. 
All right, Catherine, thank you for joining me on this episode of Clippings. Thank you, listeners, for your attention. Please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees. Let us know how we're doing and which articles you'd like us to review on the show by contacting kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and X at Nail Disorders. 